Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Decision Hour. It's great to be back behind the mic. It's been a while. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what to say uh, right now. This episode is is going to be, it's a special episode for me because I got some guys that uh, I've, I've had the privilege to work with and that I consider very close friends, and I'll go as far as to say family. Uh, and I'm sure I'm going to regret saying that here in a couple minutes, too. Um these guys are great. I've had the privilege of meeting two of them. The third one, uh, he's he's been dodging me like INS, but uh, <clears throat> whatever. It it happens, you know. It it happens. But I, I love these guys to death, and <laughs> and uh, it's it's exciting. So I'm gonna, without further ado, because this is really just gonna be one of those holy shit, what the hell did I just listen to type of shows. Uh, but we're gonna bring some some sound positivity and and. Uh, and whatnot. Uh, I got the guys from Not Your Average Operator, uh, Paul Mellon, uh, aka Mellon, and then we got uh, Raf, aka Tio, and then we got Mike, and um, aka Dickhead, <laughs> aka Dickhead. <laughs> and that's <laughs> yeah, Mellon's coming in a little sensitive. We we jumped on him before well, the show. Yeah. So. Well, welcome. To uh, the decision hour, gents, I appreciate you guys spending time with me today. And Jesus, here we here we go. <laughs> it's a pleasure to it's a pleasure to be here, Adam. Honestly, stoked you invited us on, mate. Absolutely, it's well, it's it's been a long time overdue. I mean, I kind of figured you guys were probably wondering why I haven't asked you, and we're about to find out why. So um, let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> um, we just assumed you knew we, we that you really knew what Tia was like, and you didn't want to have anything to do with him. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Well, everybody, everybody knows I'm elusive and limber, and also just for the record. Mike is more than just an asshole. He's also like a, a Brett Michaels with Down syndrome. He likes to, he likes to bring out this bandana from time to time, and because uh, he thinks it's cool. But it's like uh, MacArthur. Yeah, it was like the other Irishman from Dubai who said, you know, the poppy seed syndrome. We we knock you down as quick as as quick as you rise up. So he stopped wearing the the bandana, which kind of makes me sad because I used to look forward to it. Yeah. Well, that'd be like stepping on a landmine because I think it's funny. And then I do it again. Like it, it doesn't make sense. So, uh, you know, I don't need this abuse. I mean, I thought we were coming on to talk about positivity and, uh, I believe mindset, uh, my mindset right now is, uh, I'll just hold that in. I want to be a gentleman for this. You gotta have thick skin. You gotta have thick skin to survive. <laughs> Before we go I told you all you were in for a real treat in this episode and, uh, we are, Three minutes in, and I'm already <laughs> wondering what the hell's going to happen this next hour. That sounds like Rap Saturday Night. <laughs> <laughs> I have three minutes in, but I don't know what's going to happen yeah. now. Hey, hey, for the record, people have been knocked out in less than three minutes. That's one heavyweight round. So let that sink in. But before we go any further, Adam, can we talk about Melon's ensemble here looking like Listen, Yanni. You you yeah. guys you guys can't see see this, but Melon is uh he, in draped all, in linens. He's in all white. I mean he's you don't know it's like he's he's posing for the cover of some magazine or or is he getting ready for a rally later tonight? We're not sure what uh what's happening. <laughs> 
Especially from the chest up, it's all back. It's a white T-shirt and there's white, literally white drapes in the background, like a curtain. And so it, it doesn't look good. I've got to admit it. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, I mean, it's like made of fine fibers from gypsy, from gypsies or something. <laughs> Told me it looks like a like a white condom and, a, and the, the tip of it broke and just the head popped out. Like that's, that's that's what he looks like right now. I mean, there's no other way. But it has teeth and it's smiling at me. So <laughs> it's got a really nice comb over. The people the people on the decision hour have never heard this kind of banter before. No. Are they? Do you, do you guys normally have like just four military dudes get together and no. chew the fat or no. you actually no. have this, topics. This is, this is actually the, I think uh, I'm trying to think back. I started this show in 2015. <clears throat> this is episode whatever. And I don't think I've had this minute. There's never been more than me and just one other person, maybe two people. Uh, no, just usually me and just one other person. So this, this is kind of the first you guys are, are the first to to do it like this, and probably the last. So, <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure you probably have many serving or veteran uh, listeners, yes. and I know that they'll all be familiar with you. you get oh, yeah. four dudes together this, with all this was actually, uniform. This was one of the reasons why I wanted all of you guys on is because one of the things I'm gonna jump right in is one of the things. Not your average operator is your guys's podcast, and those of you that are listening, if you haven't listened to the show, you can check it out on on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, really anywhere a podcast can be heard. You can check it out on the Heroes Media Group Network. The banter that you guys have in your shows, like it's it it's funny listening to the beginnings of the shows because it's always somebody's busting somebody else's balls before the serious topic gets in and it's funny because you're like holy shit this is like a couple guys getting together and you guys are in different geographical locations literally around the world so the fact that it amazes me that you guys are all really all over the world and you come together and you kind of you know dig on each other a little bit in good fun this is in, in obviously a good fun but then when you guys hit that switch, <laughs> Raph is like, no, I'm serious. When you guys hit that switch, it's it's like you guys are adding, a, like all of a sudden here, you, you guys open up a Pandora's box and it's like, all right, here we go. Here's a ton of value that we're bringing to the world and we're changing people's lives for the better. And that's what I think is really special about your guys' show. And I'm not saying that because I got you guys on because you guys know me and I'm an ass. And I'll tell you straight out if I think you guys suck, Tio. But, um, I mean, it's it's one of those where I've enjoyed working with you guys over the last, what now, year and a half that you guys have been doing the show and seeing the effects of what your show brings to the world. So with, with that being said, Paul, let's start with you kind of give every introduce yourself kind of give yourself a little bit of a background let the people know who you are and, and how you kind of got started in this and why well they're very cotton words adam and i really appreciate that man so i am uh living in the middle east i live in saudi arabia where it's obviously a totally different time to where the other boys are i started out in the australian military straight out of high school i joined the australian army and uh served for four years in the green uniform and went to college and then applied for and got selected into a powder blue uniform. They gave me a handbag and I joined the Air Force. And I did my pilot training then and uh, served 
Uh, I, I did some operational tours over Iraq in 03, 04, and 05, flying a maritime patrol aircraft, American-built P-3 Orion, doing a intelligence surveillance reconnaissance mission. Then I was lucky enough to get selected to become an instructor, flew as an instructor for a number of years in Australia at our flying school in the, on the West Coast, and also instructed on the P-3s, and then uh, came out here to Saudi where the flying school here is run by the British military. The British government runs a flying school and they open it up to the British Commonwealth. So you've got Australians, Canadians, Kiwis, South Africans primarily. And uh, I've been out here for 11 years and flying out here, still a bunch of brothers that I, I fly with every day, all ex-military guys. And I met Raf about, well, shit, it's like four years ago, I think now, that Raf was out here and he was here with the US military. And he just started coming out and hanging out every every weekend, pretty much hang out with the family, uh, you know, cook up, hang out, see the kids, just feel like he was, you know, away from home. We became super close mates. I've travelled over and uh, was lucky enough to stay with him and his family in uh, Spokane, Washington. And then a couple of years went by and he was like, hey, Melon, you know, I've got this idea. And it was the, the, the seed of the idea to start this podcast not your average operator. And that was when I met Mike. So Mike and I until, well, July last, or July this year had never actually been in the same place together. And so we've run the podcast for 18 months, you know, a few conversations with you and also obviously met you in uh, July as well in yeah. DC. And, you know, like I just talking with these guys is a privilege. You know, I've been working this conversation with these two guys. We're really close. We talk a lot offline as well. But we sort of get together once a week and we have like quite a serious conversation. Like I think it's reasonably rare for men to talk about the things we talk about. And like I think it's healthy. It's been really good for me through hard times, through COVID, separation from family, had six months out here on my own. And having people who I know will call me on my bullshit and are really in it for me to be a better person, that's a real measure of real friendship. And I know that these two idiots, when we're not uh, full of banter, are really those guys for me. Yeah. And if they were to take me aside and say, hey, Melon, you know, you need to do more of X or you need to do less of Y, I would no shit take their advice. And, uh, you know, I feel privileged to be in a, a conversation with these two. And as far as who you are for us, you're the guy who enables all of this. We're lucky enough to be on, you know, under your umbrella on Heroes Media Group. And I know you're a person who's got a mission in life as well. You're not just a a person out there, a producer. Like this is stuff that you live and breathe. Yeah. And we really feel like you're part of this team, the three of us plus you. And uh, yeah, long may it continue. Like we feel like we're making a difference for people with the stuff that we talk about and you know, we hope to add just a little something to people. Yeah. And I, and I think you guys do that. I think you guys do that. Thank you. Let's go. Uh, let's go with Tio. What do you, what do you think, Raph? What, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you, uh, what you're doing now legally and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Go ahead. Uh, that, thank you. Thank you for that softball. Um, I'd like to just echo what Melon said, and I really do mean it from the bottom of my pig heart. Um, <laughs> You're not you're not just a pretty face with an Osama bin Laden beard. You're you're a lot more to us than that. So um, and the reason if I could just a little bit more detail, a little bit more 
nuance, if you will, to the backstory between Malin and I is I let him borrow $40 and he just wouldn't pay me back. So I kept going back to his house every weekend the whole year that I was there in Saudi Arabia as an advisor. Um, and then, and he still owes me $40. So I'm going to start a GoFundMe page for all the listeners. Just we'll call it Malin. Are, are, you, are you tacking week. interest on that? I'm just curious no the the juice has been flowing okay it's been flowing since 2016 (laughs) anyway so that's just uh, i covered those bases i can move on um see you next tuesday.com yeah yeah, see you next tuesday.com so my so i kind of a lot of people know i was was also military um i was with the federales for a long time about 56 years um and then uh i was uh Kind of like Mellon, I started off enlisted. I was a Navy corpsman. Then I was with the Jarheads. And then they just said, hey, your IQ's way too high. You have to go somewhere else. Because um, it's, you know, being around Marines, Adam. <laughs> Seriously, you you know, I don't have to go there. Where's Boggs? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and I did that for a little bit. Um, I thought there was some interest in medicine. So I kind of started pursuing that in my personal life. Um, but then just through chance events, I ended up, there's a couple people that made significant, um, I guess, interest in me and it kind of planted a seed. Uh, cause as a, as a young guy, I always thought flying would be cool, but I didn't, you know, I might as well have said I wanted to be an astronaut cause you know, son of migraine. I mean, I, I'm not making this up. I remember being about 10 years old, picking strawberries. Uh, my dad would take us in the summertime to go pick strawberries, uh, for work. And it was next to an airport and I would look up and I would see these helicopters and planes, like just doing traffic pattern work. And I just remember thinking like, that's amazing. But that was so far out of my reach that I just thought I would never, you know, how the hell do you even get there? But like I said, through chance events, uh, friend, really friendships, man, the friendships have been the key most it's like the key component that has enriched my life. I mean, I think about the, the, the friends that I have, uh, clearly I'm not talking about Paul and and Mike. Um, and it's just, my life has been amazing. It it really has. I I feel like the wealthiest person on earth because I've got some amazing friends, but anyways, that's how I started flying Blackhawks did that, uh, for 14, 15 years, retired, um, did a little bit of ISR kind of to what Mellon alluded to did that for a couple of years. Um, and I just recently left that and I'm going back to commercial flying, um, for a major airline and, uh, just living out in Spokane with these lush, lush trees, just living my best life, nice. trying to raise a family, trying to be a good dude. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of me in, in, in a ball, in a, you know, very condensed, you know, how do you put 44 years into a couple minutes, but kind of, Again, what Mellon said, it's been cathartic to say the least to be able to have these really not always comfortable conversations, but the fact that um, you trust and respect each other, which is why for anyone who's listening, which is why we talk to each other the way we do, because that's all superficial, right? Sort of. I kind of mean 99% of what I say, but at the bottom of all that, there genuinely is love and respect. And, you know, you guys all know that at the drop of a hat, I would buy a ticket if, if I needed to, to get down to your side and, and prop you up or, you know, take a knee with you. I mean, it's just what friendship really is. So it's rare. Well, thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, Mike, what about you? Mike, and, and, and let me, let me, before Mike says anything here, let me just, 
Mike's kind of the baby of the group, I think. And I, not baby as in like he whines a lot because he does. Um, no, it's but, exactly but, what but he, uh, <laughs> he nailed it. It's because it Mike, Mike, Mike's the 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 young man uh, of the group. I'm sorry, Mike. So Mike, go ahead. Wow. What a, <laughs> I, I, I'm very privileged to uh, go last. You know, age before beauty. I get it. Uh, so I, I I appreciate that, Adam. Uh, I'm not surprised by the order. Pretty, to say the pretty least. boy is what you're saying. No, no, I just said That's no. That's kind of what I heard. Nah, I'm not dressed like Jesus, and I'm not dressed like I just hopped over into Arizona. So, you know. He's not that pretty. <laughs> I'm good. But, uh, no, so my, my kind of story with this is, uh, I so 10 years ago, I got pulled into a, a charity event, and I was just like, man, this is really cool. Like, why am I part of this? And. Uh, I made friends with my friend, uh, Sergeant Patrick Sowers, who was doing a, a lot of charity work. And I think that was the first time I really started looking outside myself as far as like, hey, I, I really like helping other people and seeing deserving people get what they deserve. Like, it's just one of those feel good things, you know, soul food, I guess. And, uh, you know, working with him for about two years, he he kind of made not your average operators a, a title, a, you know, a small little business type thing. And um, it wasn't until early last year that, you know, we've had these types of conversations uh, for a long time. It just hasn't been recorded. You know, I'm sure a lot of people listening in the military, you sit in your team rooms or on deployment. And sometimes you just have these deep conversations and you look back and you're like, man, I wish I could have pushed the record button and go back and listen to that, you know, because there's a lot of gold in there. And uh, we were in Dallas, Texas, and we were sitting around a table and, it just, we had one of those conversations came up just about life and what was going on. And, uh, Raph just was, it was Raph's idea. I'll give him a little bit of credit. He's like, dude, he's like, we should, we should pursue a podcast and maybe figure out how we can go ahead and, um, formulate this and share these conversations because I get so much out of it. And I agreed with him, but to be honest, at the first point, I was like, I can't do it. Um, so mainly for my background and I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very protective of that. So my, my background is real broad is uh, I've been in special operations uh, in the U.S. military for about 15 years on, almost now come February. And um, it doesn't matter what branch or what I do or anything. And it's not the point. It's just I wanted to protect that because it's not about a title or anything like I know it might attract some people to be like, oh, well, I want to listen to this guy because he's this and the perspective know that I'm in special operations, but please know that I'm just a man like everybody else. And I have the same problems as everybody else. I'm not special. I'm no superhero. I'm not, I'm not, there's no magic over me that I'm immune to anything. If not, I probably carry more weight than the average person because of what I am exposed to. Uh, so that's just the, the honest truth. So long story short, you know, Raph and I talked, he was like, Hey, I know this guy named Mellon. He's, he's, uh, kind of a see you next Tuesday, but I think, you know, he's well-spoken enough. He dresses nice. He likes tea. Uh, and, uh, I think he'd be a good addition. So I, I think it took one 10, 15 minute introduction and it was just like, yeah, man, we all just clicked and we got it. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. So trying to make that difference in people's life, including our own, because I, I I'm, I'm positive. Uh, every week we don't talk 
uh, we walk away feeling like we missed something. And then whenever we do talk, we walk away feeling empowered, like everything becomes more clear. And it's just like, man, my, I'm ready to kick off this week and, and nothing's going to throw me off. So um, it's been great, man. 74 weeks straight that we've done this. And yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's a, that's a feat in and of itself. You guys are very consistent uh, with it. And that's, and that's, uh, I've been doing this for a, a long time as, as you guys know, and, and that's a hard thing. I'm guilty of it. I'm not consistent with this show. It's been a while since this is the first episode I've done probably in two months. Um, but you guys religiously every week, do that. And when I don't see you guys at show, if I, or if it's like, all right, hey, are you guys doing a show this week? I've gotten nervous. There's a couple of weeks where it's just like, I know you guys travel. And again, you guys are different parts of the world, but you guys still manage to come together and, and pump out some great content. Um, so let me ask you this decision shows called the decision hour. Do you guys think when you guys made the decision to do this, I'm kind of hearing like it's therapeutic for you guys. Is that a accurate assessment? Yeah. 100%. Uh, well, it, but it's it's more than that, right? Like I said, it's cathartic because we talk about um, real life. I mean, and we're talking about the heavy stuff in life. Not always. Sometimes we take we try to take the lighter road, but also in our own personal lives without putting too much out there. We've all behind the scenes and some of it we've been open about. Um, you know, there's stuff that Mike had gone through and it was just like it was the perfect platform as men to kind of, you know, help him along his issues. And same thing with Melon and same thing with me. Mine was a little bit more recent, you know, again, this is all behind the scenes, but it's when you have people that are, once you get past all the fluff and, and you know what the person is made of and you know that they're genuinely, you know, they love you and they're your brothers. I mean, you, you can solve any damn issue in the world. I right. mean, that's, and that's what it is. It's such an, like, I think, on a, I don't know who said it, um, but it was such an it's such an empowering tool to have friends like this, to have a sounding board like this where you can make some really difficult decisions. But you know that you're making the right decision in this complex issue because you've got some really, really like you've got some titans on your corner. Right. And fuck, who doesn't want that? Right. I, I think the one the one thing I like real quickly is, is you guys are very humble subtract the first three minutes of the show it might not seem that way but but you get ultimately you guys are and and i say that kind of jokingly because i i know you guys right and and, and i've met you guys i've met you guys well two of two of you at least face to face but i i'm comfortable saying you guys are very very humble for your guys's backgrounds and the fact that you like you guys are like for me, and I've never said this to you guys, but 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 to me, I I look up to you guys. It's nice to see you guys and and what you guys have done. I'm like, you guys are giants. I think of you guys as like, I haven't really done much, and and I know that's a kind of a false statement. I'm I'm fortunate to have done the things, but I think one of the reasons why I resonate to you guys so much is because you guys are humble as well. You're just like, listen. We put our pants on at this, you know, one leg at a time. Well, Tio tries to jump in them or whatever, but you know, it's it's the rest of us put our pants on one leg at a time. And you guys are just so humble about it. And then the conversations that you guys have, it's like, man, it's mind blowing because out of seventy three episodes that you guys have put out, I've learned something new in every single episode. 
Well, Adam, uh, I, I could just kind of sum up our group that I think in a really good way. And I, I know the other two would, would approve is, you know, being humble is very important to us because of our mission is not about flaunting or um, limelighting success. It's about significance. And no matter what we do or what we accomplish, you know, live in the victory and enjoy it, celebrate victories because sometimes they're, they're few and far between, but uh, all three of us, I think have become significant parts of each other's lives. And also some of the feedback that we've gotten from, from some amazing people that we never thought we would reach. You can, you can hear the significance in their story and the impact. And uh, you know, I, I don't care, you know, what I do in my life, like my job or title or anything, that doesn't matter to me, man. Like to live a life of significance and to help those around you. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's the goal. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful gift that not everybody can do. And uh, I believe that this team uh, and, and how we operate and how we go about ourselves, man. I mean, I, I love being part of this for that reason. It's, it's so clear what the mission statement is. Melon, do you have something? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, a, a part of what T.O. talked about on his intro is that he had certain people stand for him that were like, you could be a pilot. And he was like, what are you talking about? That's not even inside my wheelhouse. And I had that. And I know Mike had that. And I'm sure you had that at some point, you know, and you're one of the people doing it for your son. And like all of us are on the shoulders of someone who went before us. Mm. And if we all could just have that one person who's standing for us to be something better than what we are now, or they can see something in us that we can't see, you know, and to act at, in any stage in life with arrogance is to take all of that away and be like, I did this all on my own. And that is a load of horseshit, if you pardon my French, because right. none of us got here on our own. And whatever success we might have in some areas of our life, we're going to be struggling in other areas. You know, and to deny that is to just bullshit yourself and uh, doom any, like, success you're going to have overall because you've got, to, you've got to bring all the areas up, right? And so these two really, really stand for me and both of them have told me straight about areas where I've been failing or given me really good, strong advice. And, like, I like to think that the conversations we have allow other men and women who listen in to access some of that and to be able to maybe apply some of that in their own lives. Sure. Shit. We don't know everything. That's, that's apparent as soon as you get us talking. <laughs> now, I had a question. I forgot what it was now. Um, what you guys. Oh, how do you guys overcome something? You, you just mentioned it a little bit. Like, you know, you, we do success. Nobody that's been successful in life has gotten there by themselves. And, and, and I agree with that 100%. So how do you, if, if something happens right to you where it wasn't the outcome that you expected, or you're maybe you're, you start feeling yourself slipping in a dark place. What do you guys do individually? What do you do yourselves to kind of either flip the switch, flip your mindset. Is there, is there a technique or something that you do like me? I try to do like breathing exercises or I go for, for a walk, um, to just 
kind of re- release that. For for me, I'm a very uh, I don't want to say very very religious person, but it, it, I I I believe in God. So for me, I I'll I'll say a prayer. I go for a walk, and I just feel like like evil or the devil or whatever you want to call it is just trying to block me from getting to where I want to go. So I'll make the decision to go for a walk or just come in the office here, turn the lights out and just try to focus on breathing exercises for like 15 minutes is what do you, what do you guys, what do, what do you guys do? I, I think there's a lot, going to be a lot of really good answers here, but I'll, I'll just, you know, for me personally, talk about it and ask for help. Like that, that's probably the biggest thing that comes off to my bat. And maybe that's some of the hardest things that you have to do. Um, but that's, that's part of my personal mission is I know how people view me for like knowing what I do and my background and everything mm-hmm. does not excuse me from uh, my emotional or mental health or like anything else like that. I am the first one to ask for help. I am the first one to talk about my, uh, my awareness, my emotional intelligence, uh, if I'm stressing about stuff or, going in to approach something, I will go to Raph and Mellon, no question, or and some other people, uh, including you, Adam. Yeah. But hey, you know what? I'm really struggling today. I'm not gonna lie. And, like you know, Mike, let me let me say this, Mike, is you know, asking for help, that seems to be and I'm glad you said that because I've certainly had trouble with that even even this past year, personally. I don't like asking for help because I, f- I feel like and this is i full disclosure up until about a couple months ago, I realized I didn't like asking for help because my pride was getting in the way. hundred mm-hmm. percent. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think those that are listening, if, if, you know, there's always like, well, you know, if you should ask for help, you should ask for help. Well, you, you, if you want to help somebody, they, they got to want to be helped first. Right. And so how do you get them to ask for that help if they're not comfortable asking for help? We've talked about this. We've actually had, we've done a topic on this and we've talked about troops in contact will get on the radio and they'll call in that indirect fire support mission or they'll call in that Kazavak chopper with Tio at the helm or they'll get an ISR bird in the sky over the top. And how much we all love to be that person providing help, the person in the overwatch coming in and really making a difference for people who need it. And yet, in life, in our personal lives, we're all like exactly what you said, like I am supposed to be a self-sufficient person. I should be the one who deals with these uh, problems that come up. I shouldn't have problems. And if they do come up, I should be able to crush them myself. Right. And there's certainly a pride piece. There's a lot of us with a military background, we've been trained to be self-sufficient. It's something that's held to the, to the top in your culture and, and certainly in Australia as well, that self-sufficient person is what we admire. Mm-hmm. And when we don't ask for help, we deny all those other people around us that opportunity to be that person coming in and lending a hand. And we also like, we'll put that problem out into our future and we'll just make it persist. And a hundred percent, the hardest thing is to ask for help a hundred percent to put your pride aside and say to someone, you know, I'm having a hard time. And I'll say that both these guys have had, conversations like that with from me and the first person I normally go to Adam is the wife and I'll just be like you know owning the problem and being like I've done something here that I'm not proud of there's an outcome occurring I don't know how to get past it and to just generate some ownership for me is is like in that first step 
Right. You know, being able to access, getting back into positivity, there has to be a sense of the problems inside me rather than outside. You know, as soon as I'm like, it's the government or it's the weather or it's this or it's that guy, I'm powerless to do anything about it. And where I'm like, how did I generate this? How did I cause this? How am I complicit in creating the things I say I don't want? Put an episode on it. That's really the step to regaining power, but it's a bit of lemon you got to suck when you're like, I've caused this in some way I've contributed to it. So you just, you just said you, there are people out there that want to help. Right. And and I think it's safe to say all of, all of us here are definitely here for each other, but for somebody that's listening right now, if they feel like there's nobody that they can turn to for help or whatnot, knowing that there's a lot of people out there that have gone through certain things that we have gone through in our lives, is it selfish not to ask for help? I think there's an element of that. There has to be an element of that, that, you know, an, an element of pride and selfishness sort of, you know, it's a thin line between those two states to be like, I'll deny those other people the opportunity to help or, you know, yeah. I think well, that there definitely is an element of selfishness in it. I, I think what kind of brings the hesitation in there and, uh, you know, speaking from my own experience when I was a little bit younger before I kind of got to this point of asking for help is as a regular thing is who I was looking at to go ask for help. You know, like who is that person that I would share my, you know, my emotions with or what I was going through with, you know, is it somebody that's sitting at a bar, you know, as uh, our friend Tony senior has said like, Hey, Oh, you got problems here. Crack another one. You know, like, yeah. is that the person I was going to, to seek life, good, sound life advice? Like what characteristics, what values and everything that they carry themselves? You know, it's like when you're a junior guy in the military, you go, it's like, well, I'm going to go to my team leader because he's my team leader or my squad leader, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter um, because, oh, they're automatically this, you know, know everything person. No, it's not. It, it's a title. It's not who they are right? You're in a position, but it's just like, who are you as a human being? And, and particularly for me, it's like, who are you as a man? Right. You know? So, uh, I lost my father at 18 years old and I, I feel like I was, uh, you know, kind of robbed of my, my manlyhood guidance, uh, for my life because I, I didn't have a guy that I could reach out to for a long time. And, uh, as time has gone on, I'm, I'm very proud of this. You know, I say I lost my dad, but I gained a bunch of big brothers, you know, and three of them are on this show right now. Uh, where I can just pick up the phone and make a call and have an honest conversation. Um, because those qualities are there. I can see the humbleness. I can see pride and ego get put to the side. And also what pillars and exercises are they leaning on every day to improve themselves? Um, I don't want somebody in my life that is very simple to give me the, the quick answer. And, uh, you know, everything's, everything's fixed and good to go because it's, that's not the truth. I'd rather have people in my corner, as Mellon said, call me on my bullshit. Tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear or to make me feel comfortable. Uh, sometimes I need the hard. And honestly, right now, like I embrace the hard because I know I'm prepared for it, not just for myself, but because of my circle is there to help pull me through it when I need them. And uh, there's no better feeling than that. Tio? Yeah, I was just going to wait for uh, these two to give because I knew there were going to be some awesome responses. Um, kind of to build off of what Mellon said, um, I also kind of exercise that. I don't, I, I don't know what 
I don't know if it's stoicism or I don't really know what it is, but whenever there is a significant issue, whether it's a marital issue or, you know, relationship work, um, kind of like what Melon said, I always try to find how I played a role in that. Right. I, I've, I like to say this out loud because it keeps me honest. It's most of our issues are usually created by us. Something we're doing, something we're not doing. Right. Like if you sit there and say, man, I, I wish I was, I had a six, six pack abs. Okay. Are you consuming about a hundred grams of sugar? Cause if you are, you know, I, Adam, I wasn't looking at you. Sorry. I was looking next to you. Next Focus, to you. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, but to, so that's just one component of it. The other thing is there has to be consistency. So just because you're up, it doesn't mean you're going to, you're not going to fall. Right. So even though I've squared away some issue, doesn't mean there's not 20 other issues waiting to come in into my life. And so kind of like what Mike alluded to, um, just, just know what tools work for you. And it's different for everybody. And I know that your question was specific, like, what do you do? Well, there's a lot of things that I do. I like to make myself miserable. I literally do. I make like to make myself uncomfortable. I take ice baths all the time. I, I work out cause that's a place where it's kind of like mental therapy for me. If I, if I get a good workout in where I'm just like, that sucked, but it gives me a sense of empowerment. It gives me, it gives me courage. Like, man, if you just suffered through, through that, what can't you do? Right. And, and I also have like a collection of, of memories where I'm like, where I overcame something significant. And then just like, Hey man, it's kind of like a, not a pat in your back, but it's just kind of like, Hey, you can do this. Cause you, you've done X, Y, Z. And that was difficult, you know? And, um, and, and then the last thing I would say is just when, especially, especially when you're in that space where you're just like in the negative box and everything seems like, like it's shitty. It's so easy for us to focus in on these things that are making us miserable, but that's why it's the most important thing. And this is the most important practice is to show gratitude, like stop and be like, look, I understand that these things are all making me miserable, but there's these other 20 things that I'm entirely grateful for. And if I'm not, I should be grateful. And that has always been significant for me. Like something, something as simple as I'm grateful that I don't have Mike's hairline. I'm grateful (laughs) that I have a better wardrobe than melon. I, I don't just wear wife beaters, just those little steps of like, I'm grateful for that, man. It puts me in such a, look, it doesn't mean that I won the battle, but it puts me in the direction that I need to go. And then I build off of that. Right. So if it puts me in the right mindset, maybe I go get a workout in. And then at the end of the workout, you know, if I, if I conjure up the courage, I'll go dip down in, in a ice bath for seven, seven minutes. And then I'm like, fuck, I just did all these things. I'm going to go crush this problem, whatever it is. And I'm telling you 99% of the time, it's me. I'm the one creating the issue. Right. And I just go own it. You know, you said a lot of the things there. So I want to kind of recap a a couple of things. Um, One of the things that you have to do going through life is we often forget of sometimes, at least me personally, I forget some of the things that we've overcome. Right. You can't change the past. Right. You can only affect the future and what you're doing today is going to affect what happens tomorrow and and so forth. And and here's the other thing, regardless of what any of you listeners think, you can't control a situation. The only thing you can control is your reaction to that situation. If you can master your mindset of knowing that you can't, and I'm guilty, I did it yesterday. I got pissed off about 
a situation I had no control over. And I wasted a solid three hours being mad about it. And now that I said that out loud, I'm more mad that I wasted the three hours yesterday because of it. But, <laughs> but it's, it was a situation that I just, I couldn't, I couldn't control. It was with one of the other businesses. And, um, but after what you just said, Rev, you, sometimes you gotta, you look back and you see obstacles that you've overcome. I, I like to use the, uh, those that have listened to this show for, for a long time know that I will, you know, I've used the analogy walking in the woods. You're on a, on like a, a fire road, if you will. Okay. And when you're walking on that fire road and then it comes to a fork in the road, there's a fork in there. You can either go left or you can go right. And if you go to the right, that path is clearly worn down. A lot of travel on that. Go to the left. It's a little rougher, not as many people as traveled. I'm the type where I'll get an ax and a chainsaw and I'll find the thickest part of the woods and I'll, I'll you kind of make your own trail. And I'm not calling myself a trailblazer. That's, that's not what I'm saying. The point that I'm making is I'll find the hardest way to do something and make it harder just, just to show that I could do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't make any sense. I know, but that, that's that's basic. That's but that's how I've I've lived my life. I, I I will make something harder just because I'm an idiot and and say, hey, this is what I got to do. I got to make it harder just to prove to myself. But once you start doing that, you turn and look back, and now all of a sudden you're seeing people that are walking down the trail that you've started, right? And it and the. I, I say this because it's important to remember where you've come from. It's too easy to forget about some of the things that we've overcome in our lives. The other thing I want to uh, say there is, is the gratitude part of it, man. One of the things, and I've, I preach this religiously, when I wake up in the morning, before my feet even hit the ground, I put a smile on my face, regardless of how I'm feeling that morning, I force a smile on my face. And when my feet hit the ground, I say, thank and you. Thank you. And then I get up and I, I go make coffee and I start just in my mind praying about what I'm grateful for, my family, my friends, you know, the opportunity to, to change somebody's life today. Little things like that. If you can be grateful for the little things, then you have a whole world of opportunity of other things that you can be, be grateful for, too. I'm I, oh, sorry. Um. Yeah, I'll just make this quick. There's a lot of literature out there on what gratitude does to your physiology. None of us here are scientists. Trust me, none of us. But there's <laughs> way smarter people. Dr. Jordan Peterson is probably one that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, David Sinclair, the, these absolute titans in their fields. Um, start with them. But uh, if you just Google gratitude physiology, there, there is no shortage of literature. There's no shortage of documentaries. There's no shortage of information on what that does to you as a person, not just your psyche, but even physiology, like how you perform as a person. Yeah. So gratitude is not just one of those make you feel good things. It's, it's, it's genuine. You're changing more than just your mindset. You're changing your entire, like the way your body reacts and performs and it's it's a pretty powerful thing yeah it's not an easy thing so don't so don't get discouraged if it's if you're constantly having to remind yourself trust me it it took me a while to practice that you know uh, yeah anyways melon i was gonna say as well like that i 100 what raf's just said and 100 on what you've just been uh, preaching there adam to the choir that we are the, the gratitude piece has a cumulative effect 
but it's like an exponential cumulative effect. So in the beginning, it feels like you're not really getting anywhere, but you're 10% more than yesterday. And it, but it's off a low base. Yeah. And it's like nothing's really happening. But after some years of doing this, it really helps you weather the storms, man, when the shit times come. You've got like a foundational base of just you're freaking happy you're alive. You know, you're happy you were born into a liberal democracy, that you had your parents, that you're born now, you're living in 2021. Like there's a million things you could be grateful for. There's a million ways your life could be worse than it is now. And when you've had this running for a long time, some shit comes up and it's like, you know what? It's not that bad. You know, we're talking 1% of stuff. Yeah, That's my first point is that it adds up over time. And I've, I've had that point that you made that you have no control over the cards you dealt. Life deals your cards out. And we, especially in the West, live like, no, 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 no. I'll send all five cards back and you can give me five aces, thanks. That's what I want. I want five aces. No, you don't get any say in that. All you get to say is how you play the hand you dealt. Right. And I remember that being really apparent when my daughter was born, super prem, and we had six months in hospital and she had 13 general anesthetic operations. And I was really like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't put my hand up for this. This is not what I wanted. I, this is not what I wanted. I did not want to be here. I didn't know that this hospital existed. I envy the guy who didn't. And then when my wife had cancer a couple of years later, I was like, you know, that initial thought starts to rise. Yeah. Like, what? why am I getting these cards? I didn't want this. But if you just put that aside and you can be like, this is where we are, you know, like you can't you have no power in your environment until you can be where you are like, Mike's talked about that navigation piece about getting anywhere. You've got to start with where am I now? And if you don't own that in all the misery and all the beauty, like there's no taking a step forward in the right direction. Otherwise you're floundering in the dark. So if you can have that, all I get to choose is what I do now. My reactions are the only thing I have. The first part of it's my mentality. My emotional state is something I need to be responsible for because that's going to lead to thoughts. The thoughts are going to lead to actions. And over time, those are going to become habits. So you talking about getting out of bed and saying thank you and having a moment of prayer and gratitude in the morning, like everyone should be doing something like that during their day. Yeah, I start the day off, you know, on a good note. Now, by, you know, 8, 30, 9 o'clock, it might be a different story. But, I mean, you know, at least I started the day off really well. You know what I mean? Mike. Oh, well, I... That's true. You do practice it, but I would just like to say when we were in DC and we woke up the next morning from lots of, uh, you're making it weird right now, bro. I'm telling <laughs> you, you, are, you are making it weird right now. We shared a room. That. I was in a completely separate bed and I wake up and I look over at Adam and his head pops up. Like it was like, uh, you know, groundhog day. And he saw a shadow. His eyes are big as hell. And he's like, Oh no. And he was not happy. He was, he was hurting yeah. to say the least. Yeah. So, and, what he's he not telling you is I'd been up for like two or three hours while he was just like. Enjoying myself? Yes, I yeah, was. Yeah. See, see, you're making it weird again. You're making it weird again. He really is. Yeah, enjoy Navy, your, Army, listen, listen. Air Force, we don't need this. <laughs> well, I, I feel like, dirty right now. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> your actions were there. Your words were not. Ah, thank you. Ah, yeah, I, you know, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah. Like, it oh, sounded like a moose dying. That guy next to me, he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who said I love you first? <laughs> which, one, which one of you said I love you first? We can't tell. There was a voice in the dark, and we were like, what the hell was that? So it was it was kind of awkward. Yeah. But uh, 
Well, no. So uh, just getting into something recent. Okay. We're talking about mindset where you can't control. And, um, you know, we haven't really talked this week. You know, we've, we've all been busy and lots of significant things going on in all of our lives and being across the world. Um, you know, last weekend, it's pretty good. Everything was uh, on the up and up. And it was like, man, I really like where I'm at, feeling good. And uh, the work was definitely reflecting. And uh, into the weekend, we had a casualty within our community. And uh, I won't, I, I won't, I won't share too many details because there's a, there's an active like investigation going on and out of respect, but um, there was a really bad injury of uh, a, t- uh, a teammate falling from a helicopter and we don't know why yet, but um, regardless, the end state is uh, he passed away at the beginning of this week and uh, he had uh, a wife and five children. And, uh, that hit me really hard. I was, uh, you know, you go from a high and then walk into work and you see some of your, your teammates and it's a quiet, somber mood. And you just, you know, it's one of those things where you just look at each other and you just know. And, uh, I talked to a, uh, good friend of mine, uh, that was at the same team. And, uh, I said, Hey man, I'm, I'm hearing some bad rumors about, you know, he passed away. Is that true? And he just shook his head. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, honestly, uh, I took the morning and I, I called, I told Mellon actually, cause Mellon called to check on me. And, um, I told him, I said, Hey man, I, I just gotta get my mind right. And I need to process and, uh, I can't block this out. I can't, you know, I, I I'm not going to compartmentalize this. And, uh, I, that's a huge difference between the man I am now versus who I was a year and a half ago and, and prior. Uh, Mellon said, what's the biggest difference between now and then? And I said, I'm, I allowed myself to feel it and I just let it happen. I didn't try to block it, compartmentalize it. I just let it roll. And I took the morning, I made myself breakfast. And honestly, I sat on my couch and cried for about 10 minutes, you know, and, uh, I wept for, I not, I'll miss him, but I know he, he went doing what he loved doing. I, I wept for his family. Uh, his wife and his children. There's never a, a, a time that's good, but especially right before Christmas time. Yeah. And, you know, I, I got to put my dress uniform on and go to his memorial uh, this upcoming Monday. And uh, it just slammed me right back down into reality hard. This is what I do for work. This is who I'm around. This is what is being asked of me. And, uh, you know, he went to work that night, didn't have to be there. He didn't have to be in that helicopter. He's a, he's a commanding officer. Okay. So this is like Kelly Hines and his example of going out and being with his men and leading from the front. He didn't have to be there, but just the fact that he did. And that's how he went was a perfect reflection to him. And, uh, you know, I said the hardest thing to look at is it's a huge, massive blow to the community period. Uh, but we, 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 we took a moment. We, we absorbed it, we processed it, and I was right back to training. You know, I run training, and I told Mel and Raph, hey, my biggest challenge is getting my mind right because I'm running training, and I don't want this to happen again. I need to take care of my guys, make sure that they're good, everybody's safe, and uh, that was a hard challenge. Um, but, you know, the XO took over, and then a person came in and replaced them, 
and the community moves forward. That's the that's how the military works. His family, there's no XL. There's no executive officer. Uh, there's nobody filling that spot. There's a gap that's always going to be there now. And uh, his wife and children have to live with that. And uh, that's not easy saying. But it's something we have to be honest with and look at and just let yourself feel that because we're all human beings at the at, at the end of the damn day. You know, I, I think there was a time in my life where <clears throat> I I would uh, I would shut everybody out, and, and I, there was there you know, this was much younger days of Adam where I just I was I was numb to even my family, like I would just shut them out. It would be like, come home, visit us, whatever. I didn't care. Didn't 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 want them to. Didn't they couldn't understand? It was like the, one of those is like they didn't understand, and I was tired of trying to explain it because regardless how many times you try to explain your feelings to somebody, you just you shut that you shut that out. And and now it's it's a little bit differently. I I know they don't necessarily understand, but I don't necessarily have to be an asshole trying to explain it to them either more importantly you know we when we're you know in our younger days full of piss and vinegar and and you know we we think we're invisible nothing can stop us now that we're all a little more seasoned uh we have a different out, outlook on on things and i say this mike because i uh i hear what you're saying and for you guys to go through that is, is one thing because you have to carry on the training. It's one. It goes back to that. It's one. It's a situation you can't control, right? For you guys, you learn from it, and the mission continues. But what you just mentioned was the family, and that's something that is often not talked about. I. I Personally, I don't think the families are talked about enough and what the families have to sacrifice. It's easy for us because we've all laced up the boots and, and worn a uniform and, and have got, gone off and, and, and done the hua hua stuff. You don't hear about what the family goes through back home, you know, and, and I think more of that needs to be talked about. And, well, it, you know, it, it's through conversations like this. Um, and we've all had loss, all, all three of us, all four of us, we've all had loss. But it's through conversations and being vulnerable and talking about these things that as bad as this week has been, yeah. I am able to look at it and pull out the positives that are going to push me forward and make me appreciate things more, make me realize I need to be more grateful. Uh, lessons learned from him and his leadership, uh, even his family. As hard and bad as it is, his kids are going to grow up tougher, stronger, more resilient. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not perfect, but you know, Melon and I, we both lost our a parent when we were young and we both turned out pretty well because of the lessons that we were able to pull from that terrible experience. So even in your worst day, yeah, you can pull out some amazing positive things if you choose to see it. No. I want to just share share with you guys something that an experience I had this week talking with um, Mike offline about this incident. 
And I really just thought, what a gift um, the man that you've become, Mike, for your community to be able to go into work in a, in a place where you've, you've had your moment, you've, you've experienced your emotion, you've gone to work, and you're able to talk about the elephant in the room with the men and the women and get that clear before going into quite high-intensity operations that day, as you shared with me privately. And I just really want to acknowledge you for who you are now, like the person you are, able to experience your emotions and process them rather than repress them and experience rage and detonate an inappropriate moment that the stuff you talked with me about really getting down to the drills and nailing the safety stuff and the basics and that your performance and the performance of the teams you were leading that, that day and that evening were exceptional as a result of that. I just want to really acknowledge what you're doing and the person you are now in the leadership position you're in with people that you're normalising people being able to process emotion and get on with the job and be professional. That Melon Banks, man. And see, this is what I'm talking about. If I was to stand here and I said, well, yeah, that was all me. I did it all by myself. That was all me. Everything you just mentioned was all me. Thank you. And just do that. I would be lying out my freaking teeth. Okay. Um, the only reason I'm the way I am is a reflection of who I've allowed into my life. And it's guys like this and these conversations that have helped build me into this person that I'm getting complimented about. And I don't take that lightly because I did not do it on my own. I chose to put in the work. Yes. But it was guys like this that helped build me up. And I'm not the only one. Raph's got amazing overcoming stories from the last year and a half. So, so is Adam. So is Melon. Um, and I, I, I told you they're my mentors and I look up to these guys and they're not perfect either, but the effort is there and the qualities and everything are there. And I commend you guys. I, when people tell me, like, Hey, why are you the way you are? And, you know, I'm like, well, I have good conversations with good people. I'll just leave it at that, you know, because I, I didn't do shit on my own. There, there's that saying, you know, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And, and I'll say this, my, looking at my friends right now, my brothers, my, my future's pretty fucking bright. And, and, I, and I'm certainly grateful for that. Melon, you had something. I was just going to say, your question around mindset, negativity, how to get out of it into positivity. Yeah. We could probably all take a few bullet points from what Mike did this week of spending some time on his own in reflection, experiencing the negative emotion and not repressing it, processing it which means you got to experience it, yep. getting himself clear, going in, talking about that negative experience with people that are accounted to, and then carrying on with real focus on basics and procedures and doing the drills, like getting back on the horse once you've done that processing. I think that that, that is like a little masterclass in absolutely getting your mindset right from a really massive negative. And that's stuff you got to practice. It, this this stuff doesn't happen, you know, overnight, right? Mike's gone through a lot. We've all gone through a lot, but it, it's it's 
you slowly develop all of these things and you practice. It's just like anything else. You want to be good at a sport. You want to be good at, at your job. It, it takes practice to do. And it's the same thing here. You want to show more gratitude. You have to practice it. You want to be more positive and have more of a positive mindset. You have to practice doing that. Tio, what's up? I was just going to piggyback off what you said, Adam. Um, you know, you show me the, somebody's group of friends and I'm going to show you their future. It's kind of along the lines of show me somebody's habits and I'll show you their future, which is and I'm, the reason I bring that up is because you need to look within yourself to see what your date, cause everybody has habits, right? So whatever habits you've established the last couple of years, last couple of decades, that's going to tell, that's going to predicate where you're more than likely going to end up. So if, so if you are trying to get to a specific place, you like, again, you have to own it. Kind of like what Melon said, you have to understand, you know, the steps that are you doing. And more importantly, those, those habits you create better be the right habits. If you're trying to get to whatever destination you're trying to get. Yeah. So it, again, because it doesn't matter how much you know and how much you read and you know, who you know, it's what you do. It's what you do. The things that you do are going to get you to whatever destination you're trying to get to. And no one gives a shit how many books you've read. It's what you do. No, and I, that, yeah. No, no, I, I like that, you, you know, habits. And, and, and one of the questions I was actually going to ask you guys earlier, uh, kind of tied around that is like, you know, you hear things like, oh, it takes 20 days to make a ha develop a habit or 30 days or whatever the science is behind it. Me personally, I, it, it takes me forever to develop a, develop a habit, especially ones that I'm trying to break. I'm trying to get back into the gym, working out and, you know, try to get my cover model, you know, fatigue back and, and, and physique back. Um, learning new words is another habit that I'm trying to uh, adapt in 2022, but, but you, you got it. It's like repetitive, right? Practice, 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 and, and the habits and whatnot. And, and more importantly, I think what you have to do is you have to have the discipline. And I certainly have lost some discipline in my, uh, this year, but you have to kind of hit that switch again and, and get the discipline back so you can create the habits to cause that action and the outcome of what you're, you're wanting. Melon, go ahead. I was just going to say it all, it all ties in with, exactly what you're up for in your podcast, Adam, you know, the decision hour and every one of these things is a decision. Yeah. None of them happen automatically. You know, the thing that you do daily, it's still a decision. It's still a pain in the ass to put the frigging gym shoes on and get out there or to sit down and have the conversation with the wife or to clear up that issue at work with that coworker. Every single one of them is never, never gets any easier. Just, but what does happen is you get better at it because you've been doing it. And sure as shit, all of us at some point are going to get played a joker card. Yeah, we, we've all got the equivalent of the Mike Tyson fight in our future is going to land on our table. Yeah. And if you think you can get in there with zero practice, you haven't rehearsed this stuff, you've never done it when things are good. You think you're going to get out get out of that ring fight with Tyson alive? That day that the freaking train hits you. You got no chance. So you have to, you just have to be like, this is what life is about. It's a constant battle. There's moments of beauty. Celebrate them. There's things that when it's tough, fucking suck it up. Yeah. And and in between, get on with it. I think that's a good place for us to end, guys. Um, 
those of you that are listening right now, if you're listening to the show, it means you're online. Go to heroesmediagroup.com. Check out Not Your Average Operator. You can find them on any place that you listen to your most favorite podcasts uh, from. And and I can't thank you guys enough, uh, but be- before I, I do that, those of you listening, mindset, positivity, gratitude. That's really the big reason why I bought these, brought these guys on this episode is because these guys live it every day and each week you get that with their show you i've i've been doing this a very long time there's some podcast that i i enjoy listening to just but it's like okay it was a good show their show i'm in tune every week you hear everything that they're saying and it makes you think and how what they're saying regardless of the week how can you adapt what they're saying and put that into your life not your average operator make sure you check that show out folks um guys any parting words it's been an absolute privilege to participate with you from the beginning adam and you know you're uh, you're an essential fourth member of this team and i'd take my hat off to you for what you're up to in the world thank you thank you man appreciate it Tio. um just what Mellon said and uh, just a i'm not a I'm not a fitness trainer, but when I used to wrestle, um, when I was trying to cut weight for a match, I would use X locks. So that's my only tip for, for fitness. If you just want to, I mean, it really, you, you really, it helps you shed like, you know, five, seven LV and it just, it really, it makes the abs pop. I mean, they really pop. You just, you got a little, you got to put a little bit of uh, baby oil just for the shine and the luster, but but the X locks, I mean, it just gets rid of the, you know, anyways, that, that's it. That's, I thought you were going to say like a chorizo burrito or something like that, but okay. Uh, Mike, day old. Yeah. Day old. Mike, what do you yeah. got? Same thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not X locks. I just see Taco Bell, man. And it does the same thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. That was good. I wasn't expecting that's another, another sponsor off the list. Taco yeah. Bell. <laughs> so, yep, they're gone. I totally forget about those guys. All right. <laughs> no, I, Thanks no. guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate uh, being here uh, before before we did. Melon's always the first one because he loves to kiss ass, but he's just like, oh, mate, so I'm so excited to to talk to you, you know, and, uh, that cheeky accent. But um, no, it, it really is. I, I get excited uh, for the weekend when we, we plan to record and have conversations like this because, uh, you know, like this week sucked. It really did. Yeah. And it, this was something positive to look forward to and be able to discuss good things that – hopefully help other people. And, uh, you know, I, I just love being part of this team and, and, and doing what we're doing. And, and like I said, the mission statement is very clear to me and, uh, you know, thanks, thanks for having us on, man. And, uh, you know, anybody wants to hit us up, please, please check us out, you know, send us emails. We love feedback conversations. We've had some really, really great ones uh, recently. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. I, I love it when when the guests can close the show for you. Oh, this is great. I, I got to do this more often. Listen, guys, that's all the time that we have for the guys over at Not Your Average Operator. I'm Adam. Make sure you guys go check out uh, Heroes Media Group. Go to heroesmediagroup.com. Check out all the shows uh, we're hiring. So if you're interested, send us a resume, info at heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour. <laughs>